0: good morning good evening and good afternoon welcome back to hope in christ with denise here on kingdom influences broadcast i am your host author minister speaker and founder of hope in christ ministries here at hope in christ we are healthy overcomers purpose and we maintain an eternal perspective as we seek to understand the true hope christ jesus let us open up with prayer and then we'll begin today's show. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for who you are, God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for helping us to understand your word, God, seeking your face, O God, and turning from our wicked ways, Father, for your word declares, O God, that we must know you, O God, and we must walk according to your will and not our own, Father. So we thank you and we praise you for who you are, Thank you, Lord God, for those that are listening. And we pray, Lord God, that this week's devotional will help us to seek further your word for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to today's show. Today we will have another devotional, and we will be talking about the term judgment. We've been, in the past weeks, talking about different terms in scripture and understanding their meaning, um, so that we can understand further of God's word and study. So today's word is judgment. Today's word is judgment, and the Strong's Concordance says that the word judgment means determine, condemn, punish, sentence to, call into question, and to pick out. The dictionary definition is to form an opinion, to form an opinion. So again, the Strong's Concordance definition of judgment is determine, condemn, punish, sentence to, call into question, to pick out. And then the dictionary says that judgment means to form an opinion, to form an opinion. What amazing, amazing things you can get from the definition. So, we're going to look at scriptures about the word judgment. But first, we're going to begin with Romans 2. Because that's where I started reading and the word um, judgment um, jumped out. And I began to study other scriptures for judgment. So, I'm only going to read a portion of Romans two. And it is from the new American standard version of the Bible. And it says, therefore you have no excuse. Every one of you who pass judgment for in that, which you judge another, you condemn yourself for you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly Ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey in righteousness, wrath and indignation. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also the Greek. So that was verses um, one through nine of Romans chapter two. So here we have in Romans chapter two, them um, in the first nine verses, Apostle Paul talking about the word judgment. And he's talking to believers here. Um, Believers in the Roman church, uh, which were a mixture of believers. And he's saying to them, there's no excuse for those who pass judgment because in so many words, he's saying you're going to receive the same thing. So he's saying, "You judge others, but you practice the same things." So remember the definition of judgment was determined to condemn, punish, sentence to call into question, to pick out. and then the the dictionary definition is to form an opinion. So in other words, Apostle Paul is saying to the um, people here, "How can you determine?" Condemn, punish, sentence to, call into question someone else's actions, someone else's um, sin, but do not think about yourself. Do not bring yourself up in your analysis. And so, what he's saying, first of all, let's, let's back up for a moment. When we look at the, the strongest Concordance definition of judgment, we don't have the power nor the right to determine, to condemn, to punish someone to hell, because that's what it's talking about, um, to sentence someone to hell or to call their soul into question. We're not God. So let's, let's make sure we understand that. But in addition to that, we must understand that that, even when we are let's say trying to hold someone accountable as a believer, the word does tell us about talking to um our fellow believers and holding each other accountable for our lives because God called us to holiness righteous living, and so but we can't when we are holding each other accountable, the person holding you accountable cannot be living. A sinful life, a wicked life As this, this this is talking about Because Apostle Paul says For you who judge Practice the same things So you're telling Other people that they're sinning But you can't see your own sin And so Again, he's talking To believers, he's not talking to unbelievers um, The word of God And we'll go through, through some other Scriptures well, we can see what God says about judgment. Him, God's judgment. And we can see it here in verse um, verses 8 and 9. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. So he's saying to them, It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who you think you are. Everybody will give an account to God for their deeds. It says in verse 6, he says, Who will render to each person according to his deeds? According to, was he obedient to God's word, to what God said? And see, today in our time, we have to be very careful because there's a fine line to where people are saying um, they, they're they're using this particular word. And don't judge me, but they forget that no, we're not. We don't have the power to condemn them or sentence them or call to punishment. We don't have the power, but God does. So the fear of God is missing. The fear of the true and the God, living God is missing because when we understand that God says that every deed, every deed, he will render judgment. God will do the condemning. God will do the punishing. That ought to cause us to want to serve him and do what he has called us to do with our lives. And so we spend so much time stuck right there on the part the people are judging. But when someone shares God's word with us and we reject it, we have to understand that we don't reject people, we're rejecting God. We have to, let me say that again, we have to understand that we're not rejecting people, we're rejecting God. Just because a person said what the word says and 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 sometimes that's that's even in all of us sometimes because that's something i want to remain in i begin to again determine condemn punish um to pick out what we think about a person that we say is a believer so we may say oh you know different things about believers Now, again, God's word says that the first fruit of the spirit is love. So we ought to come in love. But because God loves us so much, he will use that person to speak through through them in love to you, to us. Here's my example, and then we'll go to some scriptures. My example was when, before I became a Christian, before I became a believer and came to Christ, I had who I called my spiritual mom. Every weekend, she would minister to me. And sometimes, because I was in my sin and living the way I wanted to live at that time, I wouldn't receive it. She would lovingly, never Ever was she condemning me? She would always say, God loves you. God loves you. He's calling you to him. He needs you to obey him with your life. She brought to my attention living with my boyfriend, living, you know, the different things that I was doing that was against the word of God. And she continued to love me, my soul. She didn't want to see my soul. Condemned by God into hell because I rejected the truth of Christ and the redemption of um, his, of my soul through Christ Jesus. So she continued to love me, love me, love me every day and I thank her every day of my life for her persistency. She was persistent in the love of God to continue to minister to me what God's word said about sin. And so, when people come and love on you and minister to you about what the word says about sin, we I will never repeat my opinion. The My spiritual mom never repeated her opinion. She always said what God's word said. Because my opinion don't matter. That's why the word says that we don't judge because God determines, condemns, punishes. We don't have the power to do that. But again, it's a difference between accountability and judging. When someone is holding us accountable, and she did that for me. She loved me until the day that I accepted Christ. She loved me through it all until that day I accepted Christ. And then I called her. I was so excited. And she was so excited for me because my soul was redeemed. I, was, I had been redeemed by Christ Jesus. It, had, it was nothing I had done. And so that is an example of us making sure that we're not judging others, but we're helping to hold each other accountable. Now, at the time, I was not a believer. Apostle Paul is talking to believers here, but I was not a believer. But even still, her love, her love, the love of God through her drew me. I wanted to know the God she served. I wanted to know why she was different from what I saw around me, from the religion I saw around me, because she had a relationship with Christ. And so the judgment, we have to um, remember that. So that's what I meant by a fine line. There's a fine line when we say somebody's judging us as opposed to holding us accountable. And I thank God for her holding me accountable that day or that time, that season, where she continued to minister the truth of the cross to me. And God did the work. God did the work in my life. And he's still doing the work in my life. And so let's look at a couple of the scriptures um, that talk about the word judgment. So another scripture that um, uses the word judgment is the scripture in Proverbs 21 and two. And it simply says, and this is the complete Jewish Bible. We're talking about the Messianic version of the Bible, um, of their version of the Bible. It says, all a person's ways are right in his own view, but Adonai weighs the heart. So, we may believe that what we do and our ways are right in our eyes, but God searches the heart of man. God looks at our heart. He judges what's going on on the inside of us. And so that's back to that term again, judgment. So back in Romans, he, Apostle Paul was bringing to their attention that, what was going on on the inside of them? God was going to judge them too, because they were condemning and they were telling you know um punishing people to to um death and all these different things, calling their their soul into question and Apostle Paul was like, "Wait a minute, you're seeing your your ways as right, but God's searching your your heart too, so all of us are going to be held accountable so that was proverbs twenty one and two. And then we have Matthew 7, 1 through 5. So in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, again, the word judgment is used. And so we have to um, look very carefully at this one as well. And it says, judge not that you be not judged. For the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in yours? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log in your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So again, Jesus is talking again to those that are considered um, believers here, and in this time where he is, this is Jesus speaking, and he's saying, he he's saying, do not determine, condemn, or punish, or sentence to a call to question, right? You, um your brother's um life, in other words here. He says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? So you're judging. You're judging. He said, you're going to be judged based on what you're doing with your life. So you're judging this person, but you can't see clearly to see yourself. You can help somebody else when you, your life is set apart for God, when you're living a set apart life and we are Obeying God and we're not Being a hypocrite not saying Something and doing something else Then you can help clearly as Jesus Is saying here take the speck out of Your brother's eye because they can See a difference They can see a difference in us And so that's what he's saying here He 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 never said Not um, Now the other definition of judgment Is to you know you're making a decision Um So, he's saying, he said, his first phrase was, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. So, the same way you're judging and condemning other people, Jesus is going to judge you. Because you're doing, you're telling them what uh, they're doing, but you're doing the same thing. So, if there's somebody committing adultery, you're telling uh, a person in the church, Uh, a man or a woman that they're committing adultery, but you cheating on your wife too. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying he's calling the individual a hypocrite. He said, first take the log out of your own eye. First look at yourself. And then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brothers. Because when you deal with yourself, then then you can show mercy to other people a couple other scriptures we have here is um, 2 corinthians 5 and 10 and second corinthians 5 and 10 says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body whether good or evil Again, in second Corinthians five and ten it says, "For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. so this saying the judgment seat of Christ to determine to determine what One has done in the body, in the flesh, whether good or evil. So Jesus is the righteous judge. So this scripture tells us Jesus is the righteous judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. It says we must all appear, so that each, so that each one of us may receive what is due. For what he, the person, the individual, has done in the body, in the flesh. So that ought to help us to understand that we must walk upright. We must do what God put in place, what God's word says, not what we believe to be our opinion. Not what we think, not what people have philosophized, but what did God's word say about the situation? That's where we have to get to. In Matthew 12 and 36, it says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. So every word, everything that we did in our flesh, we will give an account to Christ he's the one that will make the determination for our lives why because he's our creator he's our creator so we as the human being the finite the person that is not eternal not eternal like god god is um always been always will be he is god we're eternal beings, but we are not the eternal God. We will not become gods, as some religions say. No, they are not little bitty pieces of God in everybody. these some different ways people say things. But we are created and designed by God for his purpose and his purpose alone in our lives. We don't get to decide how we want to do it. We don't get to decide how we want to live our lives. God has already put in place. He placed us on this earth. And I believe, and I say this a lot on my podcast, I believe that this life is called a journey. I believe that the journey is to Christ. At the end of the road of the journey of life is Christ Jesus. He desires for us to have a relationship with him, not to use our free will, Against him, not to use our free will to do it our way, because we don't have the power to keep ourselves. We don't have the power to give ourselves thoughts and, and 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 purpose and all these other things. He designed us for his purpose and his purpose alone. And so because he's our designer, he has the right to be our judge as well. Let's look at a couple other scriptures. In first Corinthians four and five, it says, therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. So God will look at our heart. And any darkness, any evil that's on the inside of us, and living our lives outside of His will, living contrary to His word, He will do that. Romans 2 5 through 12. And Romans 2 5 through 12 states As we return to Romans 2 5 through 12, We read, so we're looking at God's judgment here. But because about your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds, to those who by perseverance and doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness wrath and indignation there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil of the jew first and also the greek and here's 10 but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good to the jew first and then to the greek for there is no partiality with god for all who have sinned without the law Will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law. Will be judged by the law. Verse 13. We'll go a little bit further. For it is not the hearers of the law. Who are just before God. But the doers. Of the law will be justified. So here saying once again. God will judge. Those who. Don't do what he has called us to do his righteousness live our lives according to his way it says he will judge the soul of man who does evil the jew first and then the greek so he's talking to the jewish nation that jesus was birthed through he's saying you you you're going to stand before christ just as well as the greek meaning us those that weren't jewish he said, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. So he's saying it's everybody, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody. And we have one more verse, and that is is Second Peter 2 through 4. And it says, many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned." And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment for long um, ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, going down a little further, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he rescued righteous lot oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day for i'm sorry for the day of judgment for the day of judgment so again once again it's saying if god didn't spare the angels if god didn't spare them in the ancient times he will be our judge we have to stand before him. And another scripture says, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But um, remember here in this scripture, they point out Sodom and Gomorrah, the sinful city that God burned to ashes. And so God, sin doesn't dwell with God. And so we we have to, I know sometimes again, we we. we love the grace of God and we know the grace of God but we have to know that God is the righteous judge he will judge the living and the dead because he is our creator he has the right to give us our due consequence or our due reward for our lives it's the same way that with the children he blessed us with he gave us the children that came through our loins, and we as the parents have the right to give them a consequence for their behaviors or um, for what they're doing and also rewards. So God is our Father. He's our Creator. He's our Designer. And so He is the only one that has the right to judge and will judge us. That's why I say it's a fine line where we have to be so very careful when we are Looking at what others are saying to you about scripture. We should not be condemning. But we also should be rejecting because we don't want to hear it. So that's um, the words I wanted to share. And then um, I started this um, Bible app called called First Five. And in that uh, particular scripture... I was writing down some notes that they shared and it was saying the difference, again, the difference between the, um, judging somebody and holding them accountable. And it says their notes or their, um, advice was to examine our own faults. And we've talked about that, help others to stay on track, um, operating God's love at all times, realize that we're not God. Realize that we're not God and we talked about that. I don't have the right to say where somebody's going to hell or not. That's God. That's all God. That's all of God's job. And at the same time, the person that someone is ministering the gospel to, when God looks at our heart. So God knows that we desire sin over Him. So we have to be careful in that. So that's I'm talking to both sides um, in that because like I said, I did the same thing. I kept rejecting, remember I said my um my spiritual mom, I kept rejecting, I kept rejecting because I wanted to continue in what I was doing, what I was doing for that time, and so we have to be very careful where is our heart when we when someone is bringing the gospel to us. Is our heart where I want to do it my way and I want to continue in it? Or is my heart you really desiring to draw closer to God? But we, you know, we're human and and, and and there may be something that you're bringing to God in prayer and somebody's just bashing you with, you know, the Bible. Which one is it? Which one is it? Um, also, they, their advice is um, remember God's mercy um, not tear down, do not tear down others. Um, do not have a judgmental attitude toward unbelievers. And those are people that don't believe in Christ or haven't accepted Christ. Um, so don't, don't have a judgmental attitude as if you are the only one that Christ went to the cross for. So we have to be careful with that. And they also have, um, advice that, um, help people to, um, Help people to not head in the wrong direction, so help keep people in the right direction as they receive it as they receive it um because you know the word does say that during the times of the end that people will um love be lovers of selves more than lovers of God, and so we we um have to pray for those individuals when they just don't want to um, accept the word of God or accept Christ and so the main thing again here is to not tear down but to show God's mercy because God was merciful with us God was merciful with us oh my Lord I thank him for his mercy in my life I thank him for receiving Christ I thank him that now that in Christ I'm a new creature old things are passed away I don't have to, um, when he sees, when I stand before the judgment seat, he will see my life through him, not my former life that I was outside of the relationship with Christ. And so that's the importance. That's the importance of our lives, being in Christ Jesus. That's the importance, the love, the peace, the joy, the true love, peace, and joy that comes with a relationship. Not that we should be afraid necessarily. Yes, we should be afraid, but that shouldn't be the only reason why we come to Christ because we are afraid of hell. We should come to Christ because he's our creator and he loves us with an everlasting love. So that's my notes and my um, thoughts on the term judgment in scripture. Um, There are many, many, many scriptures I found that um, had the word judgment in it. But we talked about here judgment as humans when we judge other people and we talked about god's judgment it's important to know both let us pray father we thank you for your word we thank you lord god for your word is truth and outside of you as your word says there is no other god so father we pray that you would cause us to reverence and fear you above all else, above all opinions, above our own opinions, God. Let us not make ourselves our own idols, but to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, help us to get to you, to get to you and lay aside every weight that keeps us from you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for your word, for understanding and clarity of the word judgment. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences broadcast. I will talk to you next time. Continue to walk in your true identity in Christ as he is the only hope there is.